Welcome to Think Wedding Business, the podcast where we interview leading wedding entrepreneurs and find out what makes them a success in the industry. With me, Howard Wing. And me, Adam Wing. Whether you're a florist or a photographer, a cake maker, videographer, new to the industry or just looking for some inspiration, then this is the place to be. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in for an incredible night. Always stand by this. If somebody really wants to book you, doesn't matter what you cost. Because that's really what they care about. They'll remember me for how I was on the day. I'm going to ask you the same question. (laughs) Hey, be sure you stick around because we're only getting warmed up. Hmm. I've got to wait now. (laughs) Hi, guys. A very warm welcome to the Think Wedding Business Podcast. This podcast is centered around the wedding industry, where we interview some of the industry leaders, find out their stories, how they got started, what makes them stand out in their field, and what gives them that sort of advantage in the busy wedding industry as we know it, because it's a competitive space, and you've got to be, you've got to know certain skills or have some things in your arsenal that are going to keep you at the top. With your hosts. With your hosts, Howard Wing. And Adam Wing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Okay, I don't know where, because we're obviously filming this for YouTube as well, so... I don't know whether to look in there or lean I, into I that. I won't go there because it might get distorted. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, so, guys, thank you for being here. We appreciate you, you viewing and listening to us. Um, like I said before, this is going to be, hopefully, a really good resource for people in the wedding industry who want to learn or aspiring from the to best. Be. Yeah, or inspiring to be, beginners, uh, or even people that are crushing it just want to get a few extra insights because there's always something to learn. Everything's sure. changing yeah. all the time. And we're going to be interviewing a different guest each week. And each guest has been like cherry picked with the best, the best in the industry in the UK and further afield. Um, Will we get anybody further afield? We'll see. We, we'll, we might. we'll try. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a few. Haven't so we, we've, 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 got a, we've got a few people lined up, that, but we're looking for the very best in the wedding industry in the UK and hopefully at some point beyond that. Um, but these people are killing it in the in the marketing the business the booked out solid every year and we wanted to get the best of the best in our industry across the board all t- different types of suppliers photographers florists djs and learn how they built the businesses and the tips and tricks because it all whether it is a cake person or a bridal shop or a, a caterer or a makeup artist although they're all different fields, the marketing and the techniques and the approach to business and dealing with wedding couples, your clients, it's all the same across the board, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, there's so much learning to be had as well. When, when you're first starting out in the wedding industry, there's, there's so many things you need to know. There's so many learning curves. So if we can kind of give advice, that's going to help. Mm. I mean, God, there's so many things I sort of ran across when I was starting out and issues and you know, a lot of it doesn't really matter too much, but it's just having that knowledge to know these things. Well, so. I, I'm a good case subject because you, all those lessons you learned instilled yeah, in me. So them. I didn't have to make those mistakes because I learned from you. And then I made my own mistakes and, and then I've, I've developed from there. Um, so hopefully this podcast can be for other people what you were for me and sharing yeah. those insights okay. and, so that people can... Not make those mistakes, hopefully, and, and learn <laughs> a little know, bit it along is, the way. It's always good to learn from your mistakes. So just if you don't know who I am, my name is Howard Wing. I'm a professional wedding entertainer, MC, host, singer, stripper. Not the stripper, I'm kidding about that. Wow. Uh, and I've been in the industry close on 20 years now, probably, it's probably 18 years ago, 17 years ago, when I did my first wedding. I was performing in the industry 
uh, before that as well. But my first wedding was about 18 years ago, I think. You're so old. I feel old saying wow. that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still sprightly, man. Well, I can still do it. How, how many years are we going back to? So I think about eight years ago. So Howard is my uncle uh, on my dad's side. You're my dad's brother. And because I'm obviously grown up knowing that you are this guy that goes and sings at weddings for a living. And so I got into weddings through you. And you kind of helped me build my business in videography. But you had no that idea way. that you ever wanted to get into the videography world. I just asked you one time, because I think you had a bit of free time, so do you want to come and yeah, help yeah, me yeah. film? Yeah. If, uh, it was a hotel at the time. I was doing a bit of help with a bit of filming. And I asked you got to come along and hold the cameras and da-da-da. And then the, kind of the rest is history. But there's a big history with it. So this is episode two. Uh, the first episode that we had Ellie Sachs and her husband Harry. Um, and we went straight in with... Ellie, who is one of the biggest sax players in, in Europe, probably awesome. in, in the wedding industry, huge supplier. And their, they, their kind of rise to fame has been really interesting. And that was a great podcast. And we wanted to start with that and just dive straight into it. For this, we're just going to strip it back and chat to each other a little bit uh, about, you know, and ask each other these questions of how we both started. Because um, I know from my point of view, going back to when I started, uh, I don't think I even had... Any interest in, in videography or weddings or anything? Obviously, my uncle is a, is a wedding singer. And I remember actively being like, oh, I couldn't do that. It's not for me. I was training <laughs> to be a teacher. Um, and then you needed help with some video stuff. Yeah. And asked you to come along and just hold the tripods. And, <laughs> yeah. and you did that for a little while. And then I said, to, you gotta, you've got to come to one of my weddings you know, and get a feel for it. Bring your camera and see what mm. you like about it. And, and well, you, you've safe to say you can Well, I enjoyed it. You were bitten, weren't you? So remember, that, a... that first wedding, and it, we talked about this in the last one with, with Ellie because Ellie was on that wedding as well. That was her that's first right. and wedding. And John Draper was the photographer, yeah. that's right. Um, and that was my first entry into weddings. And I'd had your camera and your gimbal and all the equipment that, you, that I'd, and I'd learned to do everything on YouTube the night before. And I turned up, and I don't think I even spoke to the bride and groom until the evening where I said bye <laughs> well you know so you're the ner- guy you're lurking nervous, with a camera you? yeah I was very nervous yeah, and uh, I was lurking around with a camera all day and they, they must have been looking thinking who is this guy <laughs> well it was great that Johnny was on that wedding Johnny is a wedding photographer he's, he's great hopefully he's going to be on the podcast at some point for sure but he was he was a great person to be on that wedding because he just puts your mind at ease you kind of shadowed him and got a few yeah. shots and for your first wedding, that video is somewhere. Chad will not want you to see it. <laughs> it's, I'm proud of it. So, yeah. uh, so that's not going to be anywhere to be seen. But that was the starting point, wasn't it? And that's that's just it. You've got to just think. Well, let's just do it. Let's Did just my try. first wedding. It was free because of you just you arranged it, and it was a surprise for the couple. I think wasn't it? You didn't. Did you tell them about it or? You just, they didn't have a video. I must so. have told them because I yeah, can't remember who's this guy Howard behind you with a massive gimbal. And so a you arranged camera. the video for them, and. They didn't have one, so, oh, my nephew will come and do it, and it's free, and they were like, of course, yeah, why not, it's free, and it was easy, then it's it's good for me, because there's no pressure, so I, it was, although I felt very nervous, there wasn't any pressure in terms of, I've yeah, got to deliver it, something, because they weren't expecting much, because yeah, And knew. I think that's it, it takes yeah. the pressure off, you're not getting paid for it, you know, it's your first one you've done, you yeah. don't have to worry about anything, I'm there, Johnny's there, Ellie's there, you're, you're feeling relaxed with the people that you're with, so you, you smashed it, mate, and it was a... Uh, that was it. That it was, was good point, looking back. Yeah. And then from there, I set up my business and started, got the bug and started filming weddings and 
started getting inquiries. Obviously, I got a lot of recommendation and push pushing from you at the start, especially because you were just telling all your couples about me. So I got a few, but then I started to get my own bookings when I built my portfolio and stuff. So well, there's a question there. And I suppose it might be helpful for people watching the watching or listening who is starting off their wedding business. What good moves is it are there to make when you're first starting out? Then I know, forget you had me. Um, but you could even mention the things that I told you to do. But where, where do you think you would start? Well, looking if back you want now, to start a wedding business. So we'll say videography because that's what you're in. What did you do to yeah, get so, things rolling? But looking back now, with all the experience I've got now, I'd have done it pretty much exactly the same. You got me in that wedding for free, and I just went and did it and delivered what I could. I would have, a, a pr- you know, if I hadn't had you and I was just starting out, I'd have approached friends of friends or put you know messages on facebook and just tried to reach out to people that i knew who might know someone who's getting married that might need us whatever service i deliver video and i just offered to do it for free and i think certainly at my age that i am now there's always gonna i've got it's i'm at the sort of age where i've got a few friends getting married so um it helps to be of an age where i know a lot of people that are potentially going to be getting married but um Everyone knows someone that might know someone that is getting married, yeah, and that's doubt, yeah. that's just that's the starting point. It's such a like you know you just offer it for free, and if you get at a couple no's, you just keep trying until someone says yeah. Um, and then again, looking back now, I would probably approach venues as well and just ask if we touched on this in the last one with Harry. Do you need any content? I'm I'm like especially for a videographer or a photographer our service is in demand for suppliers because this is with social media this is how everyone's marketing themselves we need video with reels tiktok and everything the way it is at the minute everyone wants video so i could approach as a videographer all the suppliers in my area find out who does a lot of weddings and who's successful and go hi i'm new i'm I'm, I'm a videographer I'm just wondering if you need I love what you do I'm wondering if you need any content I'll come and film it for free and then you start building your network with suppliers and stuff like that and it's just like we're doing tomorrow isn't it because you're going to help in Harry and Elliot yeah, aren't you? with yeah, a little yeah. bit of filming and it's just that constant scratching each other's backs I think and that, that is a good long term sort of a, a, approach when it comes to building your network and keeping that network fresh doing favours for people well networking's been huge from the early days to now like building a good network of suppliers from the start and continuing to do so. I'm always like trying to keep it going now and maintaining the relationships that I've got and building new ones with other suppliers. It's been huge. Um, I know we've, we've talked about a, a lot about wedding fairs in the past and a lot of suppliers that have been established for a while will probably think, oh, wedding fairs, it's something you do at the start. I don't need to bother with them anymore because they're not for everyone. But... I approach wedding fairs with the the focus on the other suppliers that are going to be mm. there more so than the couples that might turn up and might want to chat about their wedding. Um, and you might pick up a booking or two from people that are coming to these wedding fairs, but for me, it's about the other suppliers that are there and making new friends and building out my network even more because... As a videographer, I get recommended by photographers all the time. I get recommended by venues all the time. Uh, and it's just, it's a huge source of my bookings. And as long as you keep watering those, um, that, that... Yeah, that's it, maintaining like, them. Because if, maintaining you, them. if you don't, then someone else will come along and... 
Well, you know, it's funny this because they'll work with someone the next weekend that they go, oh, I really like that. I know Adam, but that person's really good as well. So I'm going to like, I like them both. I'm going to start recommending them both. And then all of a sudden you're not at the forefront of the mind anymore because they've met someone else. And so it's just, it's just it's maintaining that, those. Because I was thinking about venues because um, I've got a couple of friends who target venues that seem to do most of the work at the same similar venues. But I also know other friends who are also in with that venue and they still get a lot of work there. So I think the idea is really just focusing on the venues that you know are really busy. They're great venues, they're great to work with. So there's there's room for everybody, isn't there? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to say names, but I can think of two 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 photographers and two videographers in the same venue who are always doing favours to them, they're always at their you know, their open days. And they've both got great relationships. There's nothing. Some people think, oh, I, I, that's my venue. I've heard that so many times before. It's like, well, it's not. It's anybody's but venue wants is, to go in and, you know, yeah. and get that relationship with them. This isn't, yeah, not so much for people starting out, but for people that have been in the established for a while that might be listening, there's a real danger of just getting too comfortable. And, and that attitude of like, well, I've already worked my ass off to get in with that venue. So now... Um, it's my venue and I don't need to worry about it anymore and some people like think they have a divine right to and it's bullshit and so when someone new comes along and starts making friends with that supplier or that venue and it's like someone's moving in on your girlfriend it's yeah like, what's going on it's like oh what are they doing that's my venue it's like, or boyfriend well, no, it's not yours it's and that's why you've got to maintain those relationships you can't just take them for granted and that's that's a good lesson for people that have been doing it longer as opposed to those starting out and for those starting out if you are that person who is that is taking, and I'm using inverted commas here for the, for the podcast, um, taking that venue from the other supplier, don't feel bad for it. Because I remember at the start, I was coming in and offering my services to, to wedding fairs and to venues and other suppliers. And you can ruffle, you can feel like you're ruffling feathers because you'll have a photographer that's been recommended by this venue for 10 years and then all of a sudden you might come in and they start recommending you and then that previous photographer might get bitter or you might feel like you've taken someone's... Yeah, and I would just say forget that thought completely. Well, yeah, so this is my my point is to just don't feel bad for for coming in and, and... carving out a place yeah, for yourself yeah. you know don't don't and worry it, about it, upsetting it, anyone else it's yeah. your business just i think i think it's wrong for you to think that you own a venue and anybody else coming in no no totally um you've got to stay in your lane the space the space for everybody isn't i just i just don't generally don't like the attitude of oh this new person's coming in and taking all the work it's just and, and it, it's wrong unfortunately it's a shame that attitude does yeah, because it is out there, you've got to keep, and this is why you've got to keep working on on yourself and your business. And yeah, and you can let people like that hold you back and sort of stop you in your tracks. Mm. And I would just say, no, forget that. Just do your thing. And it's up to them. Then, if somebody feels that way, it's up to them to keep watering and keep maintaining that relationship themselves. Doesn't necessarily mean someone's coming and taking all the work from you. Um, yeah, it's never too late. If you've been, it's, it's a simple case of messaging your favorite venue or your favorite supplier and go, I, "Hi, I've not, you know, I've not touched base in a while, but." Still around, just wondering if you need anything or, you know, <laughs> I'm still here. Not like that, but... Don't yeah. forget me. Just, just... I know this new young lad Adam's come in. I know he's in, but... I well, you, you know, I'm just thinking, like, how would you how would you suggest watering those seeds? What you mean is you later on in your career? Yeah. It's exactly that. I mean... Uh, just message him. Just, just... 
Just reach well, out to people. If you're later on into your career, then hopefully you should be working at them venues anyway. So just being and working at the venue is kind of maintaining that relationship. True. But it's staying behind after. It's chatting to the staff in the kitchen, having a, having a beer with them later on if you want, and just just keeping that relationship with you. You know, and you know, it's not like it's something that's forced. It just happens naturally. That's what I love about the wedding industry. Yeah. And I love about the like the marketing side of it. It's very it's very different than a than a typical traditional business where. And I think I got this told this at the start of my career. Oh, I need to go and do advertising in magazines and papers uh, and things like that. I'm putting adverts in places. Yeah. And I think I tried it once, and it just it's just not it's just not the way to. It's a very different setup in the wedding industry, and it is. I think it is based all around that network and that word of mouth over everything else, rather than advertising in yeah. places. Um, it's it's very much more than any other industry that I can think of. Just being yourself is the the best advocate for your business yeah the best because you don't you you know it's like and and i think people starting out might feel like they have to be super professional and corporate and uh, i don't want to say corporate but like really like formal and and professional and because it's a wedding people feel they have to be that way you you say about traditional old school advertising things like facebook ads now i'm paying for that like this is Obviously, it has its use, but we've always steered away from that because the best way to market yourself is to just, I mean, there's, there's social media is free. You can, you don't have to pay for it at the end of the day. Um, and focusing on you and your relationships with suppliers, your couples and being yourself and being friendly and showcasing, you know, that personal brand, not just showing off your work, whether it's your flowers or your videos or, or your <coughs> food if you're a caterer, like show yourself because people, couples buy into the person that's going to be there on the day and they buy into that relationship. And that's kind of unlike any other industry really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's that is, yeah, so many other industries where they've just got to put this corporate professional image up front so people get confidence yeah, the, that they're good people, at what they do. You're selling your service, whereas in the wedding industry, you're selling, selling yourself. yourself yeah, because it's, it's as much as how you're going to be with the couple leading up and on the day and afterwards as it is the product that you end up giving them. Yeah, and friends, book friends. Um, you know, your network are going to recommend you because they like you, you're kind of friends with your network. Yeah. And that's the friendly element of the wedding industry if you get that right. But with your couples and the suppliers as well, you, you, for me, my, when I've done a wedding for a couple, it is, we are friends. You know, I leave every wedding. Guys, you know where I live. Come If you're in the area, yeah, pop no, in. It's nice. I've got friends that I go fishing with. That I've done weddings for in the past. Marketing yourself to couples is very much being just being yourself, being friendly. But the the interesting thing about other suppliers, it's the same because you, if if you can just be yourself and be friendly and and treat these people like friends, which the, a lot of them are, but it's, it is. It's not forced. It's not forced, and you can tell if it's forced by somebody. Um, you know, we, I used to go on a few networking events, but they just get together with friends. And I remember the odd person at that wedding. Sorry at that networking event. The networking was, events. Was handing out cards. Yeah. And the person running the event was like, can you put your cards away? It's yeah. not really about that. Yeah. We're just having a few drinks. It's funny when and you... it's so much less, it's so un- well, informal. It, I remember my, my first networking event in inverted commas because they're just piss-ups. Um, and I was, it was, you know, I was nervous and I was, oh, I'm going to have to like introduce myself to people and Dumb. make that kind of small talk. And then I remember people turning up with business cards and thinking that it was like proper, you know, corporate networking. Um, but as soon as you start doing that, everyone just goes, oh, f- 
shut up have a beer have a beer shut up um and it's so it's you just instantly re- I, I instantly relaxed and was like oh so I can just be like I was at uni and just get drunk and make friends with everyone oh, <laughs> yeah easy yeah. I, can, I can do that you know <laughs> um, but from a supplier point of view it's in terms of recommending other suppliers so if if a photographer recommends me or if, if a couple ask me do I know a photographer or do I know a band or whatever um, which happens you know quite a lot I'm recommending them a, someone who I know is good and will do a good job for them because I don't want to recommend rubbish work to my couples. Like if, if they ask for a photographer, I'm going to give them, rec- I'm going to recommend good photographers. But I'm also, I have an ulterior motive of, I want to recommend someone who I know I'm mates with and I can, because I want to work with this person on the day. So I'm, that, yeah. I'm recommending people on, based on how much I'm going to get on with and how much we have a laugh together and, and as long as the work's good. The, the friend thing for me overrides everything. Everything. That's what I mean. So, so. it's like, if I say to you, right, if you had a DJ to recommend, who would it be? Straight away. I know who it's going to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> because we just have a laugh and I love him. And, and he's a great DJ, but there's loads of other great DJs. Yeah. But the reason that I recommend him over everyone else is because we're mates. Yeah, he's talking about Andy Murphy and we are going to get Andy Murphy on the podcast and we are going to be talking about the networking element. I do, I've got lots, I, I know lots of other DJs as well. Yeah, no, but, alienate. but I'm going to say, why, I was going to ask you the question, why would you recommend first of all, for one is that he's a mate yeah. and for two, the networking element, he knows everybody in the industry, everybody knows him, he puts on networking events himself every year, at least two a year and he's always in people's minds when it comes to wedding DJ, in, in our area anyway. But that's, I mean, that's something to learn from, isn't it? And I can't wait to get him on. Cause just, just he'll be to, on. Yeah, he'll be on in, in the next... Just to in, hear his insights. Very near future. And you know what? I think it's not... Everything's just, it's just going to have happened with him. I don't think he's ever set out intentionally to go to put networking events on to get business. He just does it because he likes to hang out with his mates. Like you say, it's just, it's not forced. It just, it just kind of... As long as you're doing the right things, it all just kind of falls into place. Yeah, I think I just want to give a little bit of a... Just want to mention about, we were talking about the friends and the personal branding. I know we've gone over it before in other in other things that we've done, but when you're setting out your social media, I, you touched on it slightly before, it's just not to showcase your work. It's to showcase a mix of everything. Mm. More, I'd say a little bit more of you personally, which, and this is the good thing in the same place like Instagram. You can do your stories, you can do your reels, you can do your posts. Your stories can be your personal experience. On the day, here I am, I'm Howard, I'm at a wedding. That can be great for your stories. Your posts can be your nice, sexy work, you know, and you can have a good mix of everything. But yeah. certainly showing um, yourself where people get a feel of who you are and yeah. what, you, what you're like. Because yeah. they want to know on the day, because so, listen, there's so many photographers and probably some videographers that I look at the work and I think, wow. And I never see anything on their social media about them and what they are as a person. And they might be knobheads. Well, they might not be, but I don't know that. And I yeah. won't have the confidence to know this person I'm booking yeah. is a really nice guy and he's going to be great. He's going to be great on the day. The guests are going to like him. We're going to love him. He's going to be nice to work with. And it's that, I think that's so important for couples. And I don't think they realise that until they start doing their research and wedding planning. That, you know, some couples will just book someone on the strength of the work or a recommendation and just and then only afterwards realize oh i've not actually met them i don't know what they're going to be like and and you know that is risky because they might turn up and just 
not gel. And then you then you know I've, I've had couples that have I've met I've spoke to past couples that have gone yeah well you know we had a videographer but he was all right but mm. and there's those little niggles so and it, they don't necessarily but if you as a supplier when someone inquires with you if you can go if if they've seen on your Instagram that you show your face every now and again on your grid you know every I think there's a rule of every nine posts grid posts show your face so that people can see that's, who you are. That's the rule. Um, <laughs> and if they've seen that and they inquire with you and then you're forthcoming and saying, let's let, let's meet up, let's have a meeting. And then they, they're like, well, that's great because it'd be nice to meet them. And then all of a sudden, that's when they learn that, that, that it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And that will, and, and then you will be, you know, I've had this, the case where I've been long after the wedding you're the one supplier we always come back to and recommend our friends to because we just connect like we we're still friends on social media and we we felt like you were a mate and the photographer mm. is great and everything but we felt like you know and it's always the, it's always when the photographer has just booked him over email and they've booked him on the work and that's fine and they've done a good job but they've not maintained that connection with him after the wedding yeah and because I've approached it differently and, and met them beforehand and we've got on and then when you turn up on the day, you've already met them. So you're just kind of like ca friends catching up and, and you slot so right in and you have a laugh. And then afterwards, you, you know, we stay in touch on social media. And I just think that, that, that going that extra level to connect with them makes such a difference in the future if they're ever going to rec recommend anyone. Yeah, I think it. Go, I think it really future proofs your business. Oh, we had this. We had, you know, we had a yeah. Their cousin might be getting married three years down the line, and they go, "Yeah, well, you know, we we had a really good photographer, we had a really good florist, but the videographer, like Adam, like we still chat. To, like you've got to get Adam because because they like, you know, I've had couples that are like, well, we recommended you just because we wanted to see you again. Like we, we missed you. I, I, that's it. You know, and I get, I get, it sounds that cheesy, but it really works. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny for me when we, if we, me and you, were on the same wedding together. It's a bit more rare nowadays. But when we're kind of leaving, the couple are always like, oh, Adam, oh, you've been so great today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not, you've not even got the video. Yeah, yet. so so for context, <laughs> me and, if me and Howard have, you know, get, get to work on the same wedding, Howard will do his set, his entertainment on the day, and it's brilliant, and everyone has seen what he's done and gone, oh, my God, Howard, you're so great, and they come over and they're chatting to you. And then I'm, because if I just happen to be stood nearby, because we're often having a coffee or whatever, <laughs> and then they'll go, oh, and Adam, you've been great as well. <laughs> and, and I know they're a bit tipsy, but they haven't, like you said, it's they, like, well, they haven't I, seen I'm your really glad yet. that you feel that way, but they, you've not actually seen, they've seen your service, it's understandable why they're thanking you. They've not seen anything from me yet. So I always say to them, like, oh, it might be terrible yet. You don't, <laughs> oh, no, no, but you were great on the day, because that's really what they care about. As long as the film turns out half good afterwards, they'll remember me for how I was on the day. I think you've touched on something there as well. And the it's something that, that a lot of videographers and photographers, especially in the, in that niche, yeah, forget I think, I think and you, don't really... Just to touch on what you're saying there, it's that almost that double booking sort of future gig thing going on there because people put people together, don't they? Because I've had people who've seen me at other weddings that you've been on. I mean, they've come and met me here, to what the, obviously before they booked me. They always ask, oh, was it your nephew did the film? Oh, he was great in the day. Have you got his details? Mm. And they kind of put people together. I've had it before where I've done, I've done work with the same DJ, the same photographer, the same videographer, and then me. 
because they put us all in this kind of group together. Yeah. And that's another good thing about having great relationship with the suppliers, but also with the couples yeah, well, as well. You, you kind of you kind of come together as like a, a dream team. Dream team, that's and it. Then, and, and then, then the bridal put on the social media. Yeah. I've got the dream team. And then their friends get married and they go, well, I want the team that they had. And then it's nice. Yeah, so we are going to be interviewing, you know, some of the most successful wedding entrepreneurs, if you like, biz wedding business owners and getting their insights. But every podcast we do, we've got a similar set of questions um, for each guest. So we're going to pick maybe a couple of these questions out. I'm going to ask them each other as a bit there's of an exercise. A, there's a couple see. of really good ones that we're going to ask everyone. Okay. Well, each, I tell you as, what, as a bit of a segment. Cause I want to ask you this. Well, there's a couple at the end that I really like. But. Well, I'm going to ask you one of them now. Okay. I, mean, I suppose you can ask it me, can't okay, you? All right. So the question is, and this, this, from when we did the podcast with Ellie and Harry, it was great to, to hear what they said. And I think it's going to be a really interesting question for all of our guests. Um, How helpful it is, I don't know, but go on. <laughs> but I just it's just an interesting yeah, answer, yeah. isn't it? All right, so here we go. Now, here we go. So, Adam, if you could swap trades with any other type of supplier in the wedding industry, what would you do? So that's the question. DJ. 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 Okay. Or sax, maybe. But I think, D no, so, DJ. Okay. I think DJ. So why would you change from a wedding filmmaker to well, a wedding DJ? No, because this is wedding specific, this. This is not massive clubs of three Yeah, no, wedding, wedding DJ. Ah, no, ah, no. It's not an art, it's a wedding. And okay. you know the challenge that comes with being a wedding DJ. Well, okay. Is it still, this, is it still a DJ? This might be a naive answer now, because I've, I've jumped in with both feet, and I'm, I feel a bit naive, but, but yeah, wedding DJ. And, and you're right. I do. I like the idea of being able to. Well, basically, the reason DJ, and this is a because it's a hypothetical question. So, I, I just I personally love. I'd love to learn to DJ. I love the the art and the theory behind it. I love mixing. I like music. I like mixing the tracks. I don't do it as a hobby, but I'd like to learn because I've got a real interest and appreciation of the of the skill. Um, and obviously, we know loads of great D DJs at weddings. Um. Just so a Spotify that... playlist, though, isn't it, nowadays? <laughs> Depends <laughs> what you ask. Um, but, yeah, I quite like the idea of doing that. But, like you said, for me, seeing, like, you know, some of the DJs that we do see that have got, like, big setups and they're mixing cool tracks and they've got this young wedding crowd, like, eating out the palm of their hand and just vibing off of everything they're doing going yeah oh my god dj you're amazing you're the man it's not it's not always the case i know it's not always the case because normally you get uncle whoever uncle there's always Ted, an uncle knobhead there's always somebody who's, can you play you this one the song. Uh, can you uh, uh, you not play my song and i know that happens but i think i think for i'd me, like to be a if i could do something different in weddings just because i'd love to be a dj but it would only be specifically DJ really cool young crowds at weddings wedding, that, yeah. that want me to do what I do. I think sometimes being a wedding DJ can be a bit of a thankless job. Yeah, probably. Um, um, but you know, a great crowd and it's young and it's, the place is buzzing. I can't think because I know it's what I do in, with music. There's no better feeling. It is when you've got that crowd eating out of your hand. Yeah, with everything either yeah. saying or playing. I think that's what I want. It is. And amazing. going back to the gratification thing because I get a delayed thank you because I deliver my service after the wedding. And most suppliers deliver theirs on the day, like most, apart from photographers and videographers. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. You know, an entertainer on the day, a florist, months of planning, planning and the build up and then on the day. Yeah. Uh, every, you know, most, everyone, celebrants on the day. But for photo and video, however many weeks after. Um, 
which is, and I love getting all the messages, but it's nice. I'll see you getting all these thanks on the day, and I'm like, oh, I want a bit of that. <laughs> uh, so I think that's a bit of a draw as well, because if, well, you say, I mean, DJing's thankless, but if you got, if you got the right crowd and you smashed it, and they're all like going pointing to you, going DJ, yeah. That's, so that's so you you really want this the feeling that that creates and that is the addictive side of I think what most singers and entertainers just, and DJs I get, crave. I just want to get loads of love and affection. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what we crave being in that side of the industry. Um, I, I know I do. But, you know, I'd like to think I'd do an alright job of it. You reckon? Yeah. Well, maybe you can get in touch with uh, with Andy or Harry. No, and give you a few it's lessons. funny because I've no. If I'd like to learn, and at some point I plan on learning, um, but I've no desire to do it at weddings professionally. I just want to be at a go to my mate's house and have a kitchen party and get on the decks. I can't think of anything worse being a wedding DJ. And I'll tell you what, well, I, well, I, I really, really admire a wedding DJ because what they do, like I said, sometimes it's a thankless job. You're dealing with, you can be dealing with idiots later on in the night when everybody's drunk. Um, mm-hmm. For me, and listen, I know I mean, I've been in music most of my life, but the DJ element of it just doesn't do yeah it's like the furthest thing i'd do as a wedding as an extra this is a hot this job. is a hot take for anyone that's starting out or looking to get in the wedding industry. as a wedding dj <laughs> no no just in the industry in general like you touched on it there you, you sometimes guests can be tricky or a pain in the ass like 99 percent of my couples and guests are brilliant but at the end of the day you're dealing with very drunk people that i, I did a wedding yesterday and i had there was kids and my camera equipment. <laughs> Loads I'm of kids. Trying to work out how to say this. My, say ca- my camera equipment was was getting played with and by kids at the wrong times, and it was very stressful because I'm worried about getting the shot and my camera's breaking, but also trying to balance. I, I can't shout at these kids. I don't want to look like an, an arsehole. Trying to be professional. No, oh, no, they're fine. Don't worry. But inside, dying because I know my equipment's getting potentially damaged, and I'm, it's not so much that I'm more, I'm panicking because the shot might be wrong or it's messing up. Yeah, yeah. You we know. need a whole new podcast and the nightmares of weddings, really, don't we? Let <laughs> us know if you want to, if you'd be interested in hearing our nightmare stories at weddings. Do you know, it's funny because <laughs> you chat to people in the industry and you go, "Oh, isn't it great what we do? Like weddings are," and it depends who you speak to and what they're worldview is because most people go yeah weddings are brilliant i love being in weddings yeah they're, some, they're the new people but some people go <laughs> well they are hard work aren't they people can be annoying <laughs> the long hours and it's like well, yeah yeah all of that but, is but, true but they're still great Come long on. hours all right so you do one gig a week it's on the saturday and then the rest of the week well i'll just do one wedding away. Oh, it's not that long hours is it yeah it's um but you know, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because guests, drunk, well, honestly, drunk, right? drunk guests are, in, are not, interesting. And you've not got sugarcoat to, it too much because there are the other side of the weddings that you've got to really learn to manage crowds and and deal with people and 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 spot things happening before they happen because you can tell when someone's oh that drunk person in the corner that's potential trouble for me later. You've got to keep got to bank it and go. I've got to keep an eye on this person. You know, what I find depending on what you do, people change like, throughout the day. Because I find oh, when yeah, I'm when time. I'm chatting to guests on the drinks reception, I'm and I'm eyeing people up. Right, there's Uncle Thingy, there's Auntie Thingy. They're going to be good, hmm, but they might not be late. They might be too drunk. I've got all these things going in, the, in my mind about what could potentially pan out in the day. You literally, you see, you're not on pins all day, but you you you're trying to react to every situation mm. and do the best that you can. Um, but yeah, there's been some. Crazy stories from weddings. 
what going back to to your I'm going to ask you the same question what would you do if you were to enter the wedding industry tomorrow and do something completely different what would I like to do other than singing what 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 yeah, else would I go win- into within the wedding industry obviously I honestly think and I've, I've I've always said this wedding filmmaker because it's just so Back easy. Off. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> a bit scared of uh, how, how well you'd do. No, I, I've, I've always said it because I really... So we, hold on a minute. Go back. So easy. I, just, I, I, was, I glossed I, over I did, that. I did follow it when I was joking. Oh. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, I t- and I'll tell you what, because is, of what we've easy. done now with our other course and the students that we have in our little business course that we've done... I think it, I would step into it and I, I reckon I'd kill it pretty quick. It wouldn't take me long, I don't mm. think, to no, get a decent portfolio and be, able to, and, and be able to get work. I agree. So just, just for, I've context, said it. for context to everyone listening, watching, um, obviously through myself doing videography and Howard's sort of business experience, we've got an online course and we teach how to build a wedding videography business. So it's it's videography and business combined and it's, it's a course on setting yourself up as a wedding videographer. <laughs> So and we've got you know however many students. That, yeah. That have By the come way, we're not we're not selling come, it. We're just no, no, mentioning no, no. it. And to just be honest, that, it's, that's a good thing to mention why we're doing this podcast. So we set up our, our little course, the Complete Wedding Filmmakers Business Course. Was that what it was called? Yeah. What it is called? Yep. Bit of a mouthful. Where we Adam teaches how to film weddings and I teach the business side. But since we launched that a couple of years ago, might be gone for three years now. Three years, I think. Yeah. We've had, we had so much interest on the business side of it, and. We just thought, well, why don't we set up this podcast and just talk about the business side of weddings, but not just for wedding filmmakers, completely across the board, just because we like to do it. You know, we're not selling anything. We just just think there's going to be value here for people because we've got so much interest, specifically on the business side. We had a lot of people message us saying, we don't, we we know how to film weddings, but we need need more business experience and, you know, some more skills to learn. Can we just buy the business side? And we was like, well, no, it all comes as one. I think so that's why we're doing this. What I've learned in being in the vi- in the videography industry as well as the wedding industry, that a lot of, you know, the the nature of videography and photography and, and a lot of wedding niches like floristry and all that, it, we're all very creative type services. Um, so I think... And I see this in a lot of videographers. They're just guilty of focusing solely on the on the the craft and the art and the the videography side of things, mm. and they put all the focus in being creative, and kind of neglect the business side as much. Uh, so I think a lot of people get into it and have are really keen videographers, but then a, a bit lost on like, oh, I don't understand why I'm not getting more bookings, and that's because of what we talked about before, because they're not they're not thinking about the experience, the couples, the relationships, they're just focusing on my work needs to be as good as it can be yeah. and then then I'll get bookings and it doesn't quite work like that. It's the same with if you're a hairstylist, you know, you could have the best hairstyling in the world or be the best photographer in the world but you've got to still know how yeah, to It's like when you were starting with off couples. with your filmmaking, Adam, it was for the first year or two, your, your videos weren't really <laughs> good. <there. laughs> but how busy were you? All right, the first few were free, I get that. But after that, you were charging. Yeah, no, I was, bu- I was busy, yeah. The, the videos weren't amazing, but they were good enough. Mm. And you got really busy. Mm. I know some filmmakers and photographers who are so good at what they do. I mean, their, their work is am- amazing. 
no work. You know, yeah, they, no bookings. They, they've no yeah. bookings. So they've got a few bookings. Um, or, or are struggling, yeah. So again, we know we always emphasize that point about your personal branding. So and what's this, important, you know. You know, what you said about you would do videography if you were to start again. Yeah. And well, I know I know that that's why I think you would be good at it and be successful because and like you said you could just get into it and just hit it really quickly because because you know how, you know, I know the business side you, of you it. You know how important that side of it is. You'd learn mm. the filmmaking and you've already got the business know-how and you'd know how to book couples. Mm. And I think that you you could you could start that tomorrow and you could book out a year, 18 months of bookings just based on your strengths of selling yourself and getting targeting couples. And I then like, you'd I learn like and then so. you'd learn the videography yeah. on the job. But I just watched your bit of the course that we've both developed. I, don't, I obviously haven't watched any of your part of the course. That's all right. <laughs> I watched all yours, but... But, but I would now. Yeah, because you had to edit it, that's why. <laughs> um, we're going to finish with this question. I think it's quite an important question, certainly in today's climate. There's a, there's a bit, I've seen it a lot on social media, and some other colleagues have saying, like, this year, things are a little bit quieter. They've not got the same amount of bookings. What is going on? Obviously, we're in a supposed cost of living crisis you know has that got anything to do with it but what are you what are you doing are you doing anything differently to keep your level of bookings as they are um or what advice would you give to people who are thinking there's there's not as many bookings going around but i still need to fill up my diary what things are you doing are you doing anything differently or any advice you can give people that are listening Mm, that's a good question because i i'd smiled because i'm not doing anything differently and Ah. which is probably not great advice because I I would always say to keep an eye on these things and adjust accordingly and you know keep an eye on the climate and where the attention is and try and you know whether it's the latest social media trend is TikTok push yourself that way and keep an eye on that or you know if there's a problem with the economy and the the way that we're in at the minute just got to keep an eye on that and I am I'm you know thinking about it obviously but um I've not done anything specifically this year differently. I have noticed a downturn in inquiries have been the same to be honest, still pretty but the you know the the riff kind of booking conversion rate has been down a little bit less. But I've my prices have gone up and there's the cost of living. So I think it's a combination of everything for me because I think my prices have gone up and that's affected the the booking rate anyway. Yeah. But then I think it is also a bit of the cost of living um but so i'm i'm a for 2023 for this year i've got the least amount of bookings that in a year that i've had since i started but that's partly intentional so you know i'm not it's not like oh my god i'm i don't know what to do i'm down on bookings it's i've wanted mm. i've wanted to do that so i i've, I've heard it a few times <clears throat> on socials and, and obviously being out working where people are complaining a little bit oh it's, it's harder this year it's not as many bookings and I, you know, I would always follow up with, okay, so what, what are you doing to get your bookings? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them would say, well, I'm not doing anything differently. Well, there's, there's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I need you to, need to change yeah. something straight away. Well, and, I, and I would always say, this is if you've been in the industry for a while. When you've had all those bookings coming through and those great conversions, what were you doing then, different to what you're doing now? And I would just say, just step it up again. Hmm. Contact the venues, find out about wedding fairs, get yourself booked on, do more posting on social media, just. Just really step things up and just go, just go hell for leather. Yeah, I, I always think uh, this might be controversial, but in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, well, if it all went completely tits up, I could just drop my prices and 
for a bit and just and build, it, and build it back up. Yeah. And it, you know, because I say it's controversial, but at the end of the day, it's my business. If I want to drop my prices, I, w- I don't, because part of me is thinking, oh, if I do that, I'm going to be undercutting some other people and I'm going to piss people off. I don't really care. Like, if I want to charge two grand for a wedding film, that's up to me. And like, I've got my reasons for doing that. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Um, so in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, if it did go really bad, I'd just, just drop my prices because at the end of the day, it's still good money. And I'd just have to work a bit harder, just up the numbers again and and see if that, you know, just take a step back and see if it went back to normal and then, and then try and rebuild mm. from there. Uh, it's not got to that. To be honest, I've not noticed a downturn in inquiries, so I'm kind of like, mm. it's not affected me as much. But I, I think if anything, that is because, like as, as you've always taught me, my focus has always been on the relationships and the couples, and you know I don't really put my focus into any kind of specific marketing areas of like SEO or Facebook ads or social media, or mm. uh, I just. Uh, and I, I f- because I always rely on the word of mouth, the referrals, the having good network with suppliers and and doing good by my couples and getting recommended. I think that that and the way that I, you know, interact with co- potential couples, I think the price is that little bit more, irre- like the price irre- point yeah. goes a bit irrelevant because they're booking me on on me and it's not just oh well his video is nice because there's there's other people that do just as good video work as me that aren't charging as much and from a price point like i couldn't understand why couples would go oh just save some money we'll book him he's just as good but my my hope and my intention is that people will go yeah but he's not adam like we need we really liked adam and the other guy he was his work's nice but we've not met him we've not we didn't have the same rapport with him we want Adam, you know, it, you know, it's worth the extra, and I think that will always work. That it will never really fade away. That it's funny. I, mean, I was chatting to one of my couples around here, and I, I said about, "Have you got a filmmaker?" So we've had a couple of zooms with one, and, and they blatantly said, you know, right out loud, like we we had a zoom with one one guy, and he couldn't string a sentence together, and he was a bit awkward. His work was really good, but we didn't really gel with him, so we ended up going with the other guy because we got on with him really well. Where films weren't as good. Yeah. So I think you're right there. And I do think that does make your price a little bit more irrelevant, unless it's like so 50% more. But, but don't get me wrong. Like I, I, as a person, as a consumer, like we've, we're, we're, I've been doing the food shop recently and there's like prices of stuff. We had this conversation with my partner the other day of like, oh, price of this has gone up, bloody hell. And you're like, oh yeah, we're going to have to start shopping here instead. And stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not... Are you going, I, are you going from Waitrose to Aldi? I've gone from like, yeah. Well, there are other it. supermarkets like, available just for context. Just just for certain <laughs> things, it's like, oh, we won't go to Sainsbury's for that anymore. We'll go to, to Aldi. Um, but, you know, like, so it's an it's a, a normal thing that everyone's kind of... Prices are going up and, and certainly for a wedding, like, it's a lot of expense. So I can, I can see why people are... And I think that's what's happening. I think people are just holding back a little bit and are not committing to booking immediately like they maybe used to. Mm. They're just like, oh, maybe just think on it a bit more because they're just a bit more conscious. But See, I think, I, I've got a theory about, about government the scaremongering. And some, some I've got a theory about the pricing, I, and I'll, I'll always stand by this. If somebody really wants to book you, doesn't matter what Don't, you cost. Yeah, yeah exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter what you cost. It's the perceived value that I think the couple 
that they think they're going to be getting, or they know they're going to be getting by booking you, and why is it worth extra more? So I, I think I heard Alex Hermosi, don't know if you know who he is, mm. um, he's a great guy, and multi-multi-millionaire, gives advice on business, and one of the things he said was, the price really doesn't matter. He said, if you went up to a guy on the street and you had a brand new Ferrari there, and said you could have that Ferrari for £10,000, even though £10,000 is a lot of money, no matter where they were financially, they will find that £10,000 because they're getting so much value yeah. for £10,000. So I think as long as, you're putting, as long as you're putting it out there, the couples know they're getting great value by booking you and the service that you provide, but then you've got the personal level on top of it as well. I know what you're saying. I think some people are feeling the pinch. Maybe that's why things aren't converting as much. Um, but Yeah, but this is why it's important for us to take the price out of the equation and just and make yourself, you know, it, it, you kind of make yourself unmissable. I don't know if that's, that's not the right well, word. Well, but mean you know I mean, like it, you need to make yourself care. irrelevant of price. You need to make yourself, yeah. well, it doesn't matter what it costs. We're going to have to get him. Yeah, when we book, I mean, Sam booked our... Um, our wedding singer it, it, it was we didn't even really think about the price we just wanted to get that guy mm. you know and that's how I want people to think about me and, and they do and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to send them in a position like that which is great but there might be some of the, the some couples who, who haven't seen me they're not too sure maybe, maybe they won't do it and this is why it's important to always be out working and always, yeah. always be out meeting other suppliers and things so I had, I had um, I've got a wedding meeting booked in they're coming in a couple of weeks where they inquired with me last year they didn't know me. I sent my price over, ghosted. Totally ghosted. I did a wedding last weekend. The very next day, the same couple messaged me back. Oh, hi, we inquired with you last November. And we've just seen you doing our friend's wedding. And someone just mentioned you to us and how amazing. Can we can we have that meeting? And I'm like, well, you could have had it last yeah. November. And Are you still free? Can I'm still it? free. Well, but within that, within that time, I could have been booked. Yeah. So they'd have been gutted now. Because somebody else have told them how great I am. Mm. Do you know what I mean? This is this is why the word of mouth thing is so powerful. And yeah. you're doing really busy. The price. Has All gone of a sudden, the, the price because, has gone out the window. Yeah. So, and, and for me, it's like this is why you need to have a certain level of work coming through. You can't just oh, I'm really going to I'm going to do ten gigs this year because I think eventually you'll just fizzle out. You've got to have a certain level of work. You've got to be going out there fairly consistently for people to to generate that word of mouth and that interest about you. I mean, that was the one I do. I couldn't believe it. And, I, you know, I've had that before where I've just been ghosted. Then the friends have seen me and then they come back. Oh, friends have seen you. said you're dead good. Well, wait a minute. You could have come here and I could have told you what I do. And then you might have made your own mind up. But yeah. somebody else has made your That's mind good, up though, about it? how good, good I was. But yeah. it's, um, it's, an, it's a really interesting so world. How's, have you noticed any difference in bookings this year? Um, see, we're, probably a little bit like you. I, I'm... I, last year I did about 70 weddings and I don't want to do anywhere near yeah. that again. Um, so I've, I've kind of, my price is still the same. I've not changed anything. And I've got similar bookings, probably what I had a couple of years ago. Um, but for me, I'm not really, really striving and going mental. I know what, if I was starting from scratch, I know exactly what I'd do. But I'm not there now. Yeah. And I, I'm a little bit more relaxed with my marketing and what I do. It's literally just on that personal level. A few bits on Instagram, still chatting to my friends who recommend, we all recommend each other. I don't really do much else because of where I am right now. So I, I'll probably do about 30 weddings this year and I'm totally happy with that. Um, I think that's it. Like you, like I've got a set number of how many I want because I know what my price is and I know how many I need to do to, to make X amount of money and 
to get to the point where I want to be. So I'm happy with the amount of bookings, although it's less than I've ever done. I'm happy with that because the price is different as well. So, and I'm I just for this year, like you say, for this year, I know how much I want to earn and I'm on target. So whether it is whether I've took less because of this whole cost of living or maybe it's a bit of everything, but it's not. I'm not bothered because it's where I want to be. If it was, I guess the answer lies in if it became a concern and I was down on where I wanted to be, mm. then I would start thinking about, like you said, just, just pushing. I think it's just topping up those areas of marketing that I've maybe let go a little bit. Because, mm. you know, SEO, social media, networking, wedding fairs, awards, uh, all the different things. Mm. I'm... At any given time, I'm maybe working on two or three of them and letting a couple of them slide. Mm. And then it's just, so it's just... Yeah, like I said, you, you just step it up and you'd have <clears> that same, I would go back to the same attitude I had when I first started. Yeah. Those first few years when you're really striving, you're going mad mm. and you're ringing everybody, you're visiting venues on the weekend, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're ringing people, you're ringing suppliers, you're getting in contact, you're, ask, you're actually asking for referrals from people. Just step it this up. This is what I love about the industry, about being... In, in the wedding well just I love being my own boss I love having my own business and being in the wedding industry because I know that um, if, if if anything's like not going so well it's on me to step it back up and mm. I, the more work I put in it's my fault if it's not right it's my fault if it is going right it's all on me so I can either work harder or chill out yeah, a bit yeah. depending on where and, and like every, any given year I'll look at it and go well this year I need to be here I'm kind of on target. I'm not. What do I do? I think in times like this as well, this is why I think your relationships with you know your venues and suppliers are are so important because I know for a fact that I could pick up the phone today or tomorrow to somebody who runs a wedding venue and say, oh, it's Howard, look, my bookings are down this year. Yeah. Can you put me forward for, for me, your couple? And they'd probably send an email out yeah. for you. You I, could ring your DJ mate, your photographer mate. I'm a little bit down. Can you, has you got any mm. any couples you think I'd be ideal for? Maybe I'll do a bit of a deal because it's come through you. You could, I, yeah, I, I could speak to 10 people tomorrow yeah. and it, I know that I generate bookings and that's why the relationships with other suppliers is so venues, important. It's so important. If you build them, because I've, exactly what you're saying, I was at a venue last week a week before and I, I actually said to him I'm like oh I don't think I've got another wedding with you guys this year I was chatting to the coordinator I was like I don't know when I'll next see you again I've not and they're got... like oh we'll have to sort yeah, that out yeah I was like I don't I've not don't know <laughs> and it's, it's quite a nice thing to say because I, I genuinely I was like oh I'm not back again this year I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've got another booking here for a, for a while and straight away oh we'll, we'll get you on don't worry we'll have to sort that out we need to have you back and it's mm. because we, we, you know, we've known each other so well over the years. And she was like, no, we need to sort that. We'll get you back soon. Don't worry. Well, you'd be first in the mind if they're doing a wedding open day. Yeah. So well, let's uh, get Adam in. Adam needs a little bit of work topping up. Let's get Adam in. Da -da -da. So it's, it's great to have such strong relationships. I think that's a good point. All right. I think, I think that's a good cool. place to kind of finish this <laughs> long-winded so, ramble well, podcast. It, this, was, this was like an introduction to, to us and to the podcast and kind of, what, but <laughs> what we'll be doing every week is having a guest, so it's not going to be just me and Howard rambling uh, for well, an hour. I hope it's giving you a bit time. of an insight into us. Um, but, you know, we are we are videographer, entertainer, self-made separate businesses, but combining our kind of wisdom and insights um, yeah. over the years with the course that we do has, has helped a lot of people. So so now we're on a mission to interview all the all the best people. So that's that's what to expect for the podcast, and each week will be a different guest. We'll have some of the best in the country on, 
I think because forward, I think we've we found great guests lined up, haven't we? We have. I think seeing the success of some of our students when we launched the course, using all the skills and things that you know we're going to talk about on this podcast, to see them become successful. We've had many of them who was, who had jobs and they started on our course, and within a year or two, they're now full time yeah. in what they do and they're loving it. They've they've cut all their hours down. They're doing exactly what they want to do. And if if we can bring that to more people and help more people, then I think that's mm. the goal, isn't but, it? Really, you know. Obviously, we've got guests, but our, we'll be really targeting the kind of questions and answers that that focus on the the cross board marketing of the wedding industry. Like, mm. because as as we've learnt from from the students and stuff, there's a lot of suppliers that offer a great product, but don't know how to get the bookings in. So that's kind of really where we want to focus. And so let's put that onto you guys watching or listening. You know, if there's any specific thing that you need a bit of help with or anything you'd like yeah, to cover comment, on this podcast, you can, if you're watching it on the YouTube, you can put a comment, comment in the, on YouTube. DM us on Instagram if not. Yeah. I is think, there a way of contacting through like Spotify and through the podcast? Or no. Not? Just is DM us on Insta. Um, on Insta, think, think, think Wedding we, Business. Think Wedding Business. Um, uh, just drop us a message and we'll... we'll and that, any guests that you want to see in the future because we've got some great ones lined up but we're always, we're always open to... Uh, Taking requests, I guess. Yes. Yeah, All right. Until, until next time, um, who do you think might be the next one? It's either going to be. Oh, is that not? We're not. We're not saying it yet. We can. Yeah. So well, we um, know Andy Murphy's going to be coming. At Andy some point. Murphy, wedding DJ, well renowned in the northwest, um, uh, famous for putting on mass northwest Net- industry networking, networking events, nights. Yeah. Um, so you know he's got loads of great stories, and then we've got Lucy Wright, who's a Lucy Wright, wedding planner, wedding planner, which every every supplier in the industry loves. She's so ace. Loves hearing. No, I was just going to say loves hearing the word wedding planner because it's for the rest of us. It's some someone we all want to work with. Everybody. Oh, if you get in with planners, you're laughing. <laughs> um, so it'd be really interesting to hear from a planner, but Lucy especially is brilliant and um, does a lot of high end weddings and stuff. So. She does. Can't, Can't wait, wait to those. Um, oh, we've got a big list. There's some. Yeah, some but they're, great yeah, guests they're the next ones coming, coming up. So, um, if you know, if you if you like the idea of that and you and you want to hear more, then please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you prefer to watch. Um, and I don't know if it, <laughs> I was going to say leave us a five star review so we get our ranking better and get seen, but we've not really provided anything to deserve a rating yet so <laughs> maybe in the future Wait, i'll say just like us just just, leave just, us something. just subscribe <laughs> to the podcast if you want to hear more put us on whilst you're driving editing whatever you do well thank you for listening and we'll see you until next time on the next one bye 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 howard and adam signing out <laughs> So thanks so much for listening. We really hope that you found this episode insightful, inspirational. And if you did enjoy that, then please consider subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, we're Think Wedding Business. We're also on YouTube and Instagram. So if you want to watch us, you can go over to YouTube and find us at Think Wedding Business and the same over on Instagram to keep up with all of our future episodes. We'd really love you to subscribe and join us on this journey. And if you do like this content, please consider giving us a five-star review. It just helps us get seen and helps spread the word. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.